All right, everybody, the holidays are over, and we hope you had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and I'm about to begin back to business. So what I'd like to do for the show this week, the first show of 2023, is go over the year of 2022 and talk about some things that happened during that time. I've got some pre-selected clips I'm going to put in here and play and let you hear them again. They're parts from certain interviews and certain aspects of the show during the year, some things I found funny, but we're going to go ahead and give this a go. If you will, make sure you follow us on all the social medias and give us a rating and a review of the show to keep us going. If you have any questions with us, check that email, retroliferyou at gmail.com. Let's get to it, everybody. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Adams, host of the show Retro Life for You. Glad to have you back with us. Basically, what I'm going to be doing is just a quick run over for a year-end result of the show, I think. Just highlight some moments that I've enjoyed from the past year and play a few small clips from some of the previous episodes. Now, there have been quite a few people we've had on here on the show that has been very entertaining, very great interviews, and I'm so thankful that they came on and took the time to speak with us. People like that are, I'm not saying hard to find, but they are gems when you do get them because they have so many great stories for you and they're so fun to talk to and i truly appreciate them more than anything you know giving you guys a chance to to listen to them and hear some of the stuff they get to say and everything that possibly they haven't said on previous podcasts with other people i think what i want to do to start off with though is just to go back in remembrance on some of the people we've lost in 2022 um like every year there's going to be loss We'll have celebrities that pass on. Uh, We can't keep them with us forever, unfortunately. And there was quite a few that went this year. So just to look back at a remembrance of them, I'll mention a few names here and there. Hopefully, you know, you guys enjoyed them or some of their stuff they've done in the past. Had a chance to enjoy their work. So uh, starting off, Barbara Walters that, you know, did some news reporting for us over the years. And uh, I remember her, I want to say, and I hope I'm right, uh, 60 Minutes. I think she was on there for a while. She also did some major interviews just on her own of some celebrities that are out there. That, uh, of course, made national spotlights for an hour or so on channels. Uh, she was someone to be well missed in, in, in the news industry. Kirstie Alley, such a funny actress. Cheers. I loved her on Cheers. I loved her in Summer School. Uh, Look Who's Talking. Just did a lot of great things that she was in. Uh, in music, we've lost quite a few people. Uh, Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac is one of the first ones that come to mind. Uh, I, I never really thought of myself as being a big Fleetwood Mac fan growing up. And I went to a concert one year in Nashville at the Riverfront Stage where they had a Gibson guitar concert special. And highlighting the show was Kiss, but opening for them was Fleetwood Mac. And every song they come out with, I'm like, man, I know that song. I didn't know that was them. It was awesome. It was a great show. They were a great band. So I I know a lot of people will miss her. Irene Cara, popular in the 80s with uh, Fame and uh, the song on Flashdance, What a Feeling. Uh, That was a big hit. A lot of people's favorite Power Ranger, Jason David Frank, just recently passed away. Aaron Carter has passed away. You know, a couple of guys from People's Youth. Leslie Jordan, very funny man in a lot of things. Uh, I remember him from Will and Grace in particular in the television show there. 
always a funny guy no matter what he was in. Robbie Coltrane, to me, uh, most notable is Hagrid from Harry Potter. If you're a Harry Potter fan, Robbie Coltrane's loss uh, was big for a lot of people. He was 72 years old when he passed away. So anybody who was big into Harry Potter, you know, really was unhappy at the fact that Robbie Coltrane, or Robbie Coltrane, let me say his name correctly, had passed away and moved on. Murder, she wrote herself. Angela Lansbury has passed on from us. Uh, she was famous for that TV show a long time on CBS. I know my mother really enjoyed that show. She watched it all the time. Uh, back to music with the coal miner's daughter herself, Loretta Lynn. Coolio, you know, famous for Gangster's Paradise, passed away as well. Queen Elizabeth II is gone from this world now. Uh, a lot of people, you know, jokingly always say she'll be with us forever. And uh, she was with us for a good long time. She was 96 years old when she passed away. And, you know, highly mourned by people there in England. So it says a lot about her. Who else can we say we had? We had Anne Hesch, uh, had a terrible car crash. Uh, popular lady from some movies. I remember her in Volcano in particular. That was my favorite movie of hers. Along with uh, seven, Six Days and Seven Nights, I think it was called, with Harrison Ford. Olivia Newton-John, popular for Grease. Uh, she did some, you know, some songs with the soundtrack, obviously, on Grease, as well as Physical and uh, the song from Xanadu. Tony Dow, who played Wally Cleaver on Leave it to Beaver, has passed away from us this year. For those of you who watched Leave it to Beaver growing up, that was one of my favorites as a kid, uh, watching repeats of it, actually. Paul Servino from Goodfellas, Mira Servino's father, uh, he passed away on July 25th. Uh, speaking of Goodfellas, Ray Liotta, who was also in that movie, had passed on. Uh, he was also, I believe, in Field of Dreams and quite a few other great movies over the years. Ivana Trump, uh, former wife to Donald Trump, passed away this year. Naomi Judd, one half of the Judd's Country Music Act. Mother to uh, Winona and Ashley Judd. They had so much good music they put out back in that time, won a lot of awards. Sad loss for her passing on. Uh, Gilbert Gottfried, comedian. Very unique voice. You know his voice anywhere you hear it. <laughs> I mean, if he's doing a voiceover and you hear it, you immediately just you know, say, hey, there's Gilbert Gottfried. Man's got a voice you just don't forget, for sure. Uh, William Hurt passed on. He has left the world. We have a Louis Anderson, comedian. He hosted... Family Feud for a little bit. He was a stand-up comedian. Did some uh, stage stand-up. He was a funny guy. Uh, Meatloaf. Uh, more popular in the 70s, I believe, when it comes to music. So, he got around to different things, for sure. Bob Saget. Uh, if you grew up watching TGI Friday. TGIF. Uh, Bob Saget was the father on Full House. He also hosted America's Funny Song Videos. Very funny comedian, funny guy. He passed away early in 2022 in January. Sidney Poitier in January as well. Very esteemed actor. Lots of awards. A lot of movies. I hope I'm not missing anybody. You know, that's that that's major that people really know well. There have been some other people that's passed away that's been in the industry. You know, that might have done some directing or some writing or something like that that you may not be real familiar with that I haven't really announced. Uh, if I took the time to announce everybody's name that's on here, it would take a long time. We lost quite a few people. 
if you're a sports fan, Dan Reeves, that used to coach, you know, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, he, he's passed away as well, too. So um, I'm going to stop it right there because I just can't, you know, think of uh, anybody else that was major and important. And I don't want to read an entire list of people and make this entire podcast about celebrities who passed away in 2022. I'm sure somebody's probably on top of that already. But a lot of these people will be sorely missed. And, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to the, the families and the friends and the the fans of the people that we just mentioned. I mean, like I said, some of these you know, people were taken as a great loss to some of us. We grew up on them. So uh, going on to a, you know, a more fun aspect of the show today, hopefully. Uh, I want to put in a couple of clips here and there uh, about some of, from some of the pieces of the show before. Lori Tucker is who I'm going to go with first. We brought her in early in the year. Uh, Lori has been on with me a, a couple of times. One for her interview with uh, Travis Rollins and I. And secondly, she came back on and played co-host with me. And we talked about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So what I would like to do is play this clip from Lori Tucker. We're talking about her time that she spent in the music industry doing rock videos. Take a listen to this. And I hope you uh, actually were there when the show happened. If you didn't, it's in the archive. Go back, take a listen to the whole show. It's definitely worth a listen. Here we go. Yeah. What was that movie? Outbreak? <laughs> Outbreak, yeah. yeah. COVID was bad. Oh, my yeah. God. Mad monkey. Yeah. Somebody find that monkey. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to go ahead and figure that Van Halen was probably your, your favorite uh, rock and roll band to work with. Or, or yes. was there another? And, and then I really, really had a great time working with LA Guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was mm-hmm. such a fun music video to work on as well, because you know, we, we shot all night long, of course, until probably, you know, until the sun came up, but we shot at all these great, really, they were such a Holly, you know, Sunset Strip Hollywood band. And mm-hmm. it was just iconic. We shot on the Walk of Fame and the whole opening scene is our feet and us walking on the Walk of Fame. You see the right, stars. Right, right. Um, we shot at the Roxy Theater. We shot up in Mulholland Drive. You know, Mulholland. y'all did this all in one night. We dumped their car seats. Y'all did this all in one night. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy wow. enough. It seems we. Yeah. It was. That's some. That's some uh, running around and you know, oh, getting some yeah, shots. We, we started on. early and just you know Van Halen. I shot for three days. Wow. Um, and there was so much going on. We would shoot one thing in the middle of the day and then come back the next day and shoot one thing. And the next day shoot a couple and that, you know, cause mm-hmm. we're uh, in that I'm, you know, the three of us teachers are Waldo's girls um, in the end segment where there's no one sure what happened to Waldo after high school <laughs> um, so standing around him. Actually um, can't see it, but Nils Lazauer, the photographer, um, uh, I went to visit him right before lockdown and he you know, was the god of rock photography, still is, I mm-hmm. think. But um, he let me pick out a couple of prints from, he had all the original slides from the whole oh, wow. shoot. And he was That's the only awesome. person allowed to to shoot. Um, I usually mm-hmm. carried my Polaroid with me and like a lot of my, the pictures that I have, like here's um, LA Guns, like this is my Polaroid right here of myself right. and the guys. That's my yeah. Polaroid, that's my Polaroid. You know, <laughs> so they didn't let us do that on on Van Halen, unfortunately. But oh, wow. um, yeah, so I uh, got to pick out a couple of. He signed some prints for me. Really, really nice guy. Um, oh, but cool. yes, 
so that was a uh, that was a really fun shoot um, that we did um, for that. And I I did a couple of, of videos. I had done gotten hired for um, Peter Frampton, and uh, you know had to actually interview in front of most of the time the bands were right there. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. They, well, they look at the tape and they pick you. They pick the, you know, who right. you're going to be in. And then, then you'll have to eventually meet them and then, of course, work with them. But Peter Frampton was in the room with the director and I had to walk back and forth, you know. <laughs> that's, right. what, that's what they make you do. And um, the director left the room for a second and Peter was so sweet. He's so, he's, he says, I'm so sorry that, you know, you had to do that. I'm just... I'm so sorry. I was like, it's okay. And that, that, that's cool of him though. Cause I mean, it's like, I would imagine you're thinking in your head, like what, you know, is this, is this Tommy Hilfiger marching me model one of his clothes or something? You right, know what I mean? either. Or Donatella Versace yeah. ever here? Like this is Peter Frant and he plays guitar, man. Right. <laughs> that's really cool that he did that. Though, first, you know, no. Right. That was really cool that he put you to the side well, like that. Though, you know. You know? For me, yeah. I, in, in Van Halen, I had to walk back and forth. So I did have to do an improv and do all that. Right. Stuff. Right. So Peter Frampton um, shot all all day into the evening, and I had a scene with um, Tommy Chong of Cheech and Chong, and <laughs> awesome. he he lives in LA wow, with his wife, but <laughs> for some reason he was coming from New York or something, and he missed his flight or his connecting flight. So we shot all of Peter's stuff, and the scene of me coming up to the door and knocking, and I'm supposed to say, "Is Peter there?" <laughs> and it's supposed to be Tommy Chong saying, Peter's not yeah. here, man. Oh, yeah. not here, I, was, man. <laughs> I was just thinking that very thing. <laughs> so that was That's the awesome. whole thing. And I oh. think I, another thing with him, and he tells me no. And um, so my scene didn't make any sense because there was no Tommy Chong. So I didn't make it oh, into the video. Man. I got paid. I got to hang out with him. I got Polaroid oh, with wow. him. And the director man. was really cool. And he's like, hey, I'm doing this Bob Seger video, you know, next week. Um, I don't know if I have, you know, I have a specific part for you, but I really want you to be a part of it. You, you know, you want to do it. And I was like, fine, sure. Of course. Sounds fun. And That's it was cool. American Storm and it was really uh, star studded. Um, it had, you know, James Wood. It had um, Randy Quaid, who actually was a friend of mine from a few years before. Oh, nice. Um, just a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of really good people. And um, so that was an incredible shoot. And then, uh, I'm basically ended up just literally walking by a table, Randy and this, uh, a person named Morgan Brittany. Um, so <laughs> on both those, I didn't really do much in them, but it was, you know, a great shoot. Nonetheless, got a pull right. with them too. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say, get to hang out with all those people. Look, look in, in Travis, itself she said, would be awesome. she said Randy then, played, all, all I can see is cousin Eddie in my head. Yeah, right he's now. cousin Eddie. Really? Russ, yeah. uh, yeah. with Randy Quaid, I think I, when I think of Randy, I think of uh, him being the the crop duster in, in um, Independence <laughs> Day. Day. Yeah, because he was Day. he was big time in that one too. You know? yeah. yeah, and then he left LA. Um, so, um, you know, they're from Texas and everything. And my my um, I spent Christmas Eve. We went to you know my house first, and then we went over to his house, and it was Dennis Quaid, and he was married to PJ Souls at the time. And um, his mom was there and, you know, spent Christmas Eve <laughs> with them. Um, awesome. But he was a really, really, really sweetheart of a guy, really nice guy. But he ended up leaving for um, New York City because he was on Saturday Night Live for a while. Mm -hmm. 
And so I hadn't seen him since then. And he actually was still doing Saturday Night Live and he flew in just to do this music video for, for Bob Seger. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. All right, that was Lori Tucker. And like I said, she's a very fun person to talk to. Been around quite a few people in the music business doing videos and such. And I'm gonna tell you, this woman is out, I think every night of the week. I joke with her a lot. And I tell her, I said, you've got more energy than anybody I've ever seen in my life. If I could bottle some of that up and use it for myself, I would. But on her Instagram, it looks like she's always out everywhere, especially on the weekends. Still going to music shows, still seeing the bands play. And if you listen to the podcast that she was in prior, you would also know she's done more than music videos. I mean, she's been in some TV shows for a couple of guest spots. I think that was Airwolf and Love Boat, perhaps. I forget if that's the second one or not. Uh, she's done lots of commercials. She's done modeling. She's been on the cover of some magazines. She's done quite a bit of work. So really good person to talk to. If you happen to friend her on Instagram, just look for Lori Tucker. I think it's Tucker underscore Lori. Tell her you heard us that you heard her on the podcast here, Retro Life for You, and you enjoyed her stuff. Really good person. So I try to get as many people as I can on that we can talk to an interview for you guys. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to lie for myself too, because it's a blast talking to these people. You grow up watching them on TV or on movies. You want to just you know, be in a room with them for a while and talk to them and find out what they're like and, you know, do they really act this way? Do they really talk like this? Are they really a fan of this genre or something? I mean, you want to get to know them as, as, as well as you can. And sometimes it's not quite as easy to get, you know, the kind of stuff from people that you want. Uh, and I understand that people want to try and keep to themselves in a bit, not really be so out there to let you know every last thing about them. But I find that most of the people that I've been able to talk to so far have been really, really good at answering questions, anything that I've thrown at them and asked them, and you know, very humble about what they've done. I, I'm going to play for you now a clip of Patrick Laberteau. Uh Patrick Laberteau was on Little House on the Prairie as Andy Garvey. If you remember that, uh, Merlin Olson was on the show. He played Merlin Olson's son. Uh, he went through several, I mean, TV series. He had guested in and had spots in. Throughout the 80s, he did some movies. He was in Summer School, Ski School, Heathers, The Three Ninjas. Um, I'm leaving something out, I know. And off the top of my head, I can't remember it. But... Um, one of the things he did that I've liked so much was Jag. And all nine seasons of Jag, he was in there. Great character. Uh, fun character on the show. I don't know if it would have been the same without him. But I was looking at his credits on IMDb. And he's got an uncredited thing with Blazing Saddles. Which is one of the funniest movies uh, of its time when it came out. I mean, it would not be accepted fully today. By the world I don't think because we live in a cancel culture and we live in a world with no humor anymore it feels like uh, people can't laugh at themselves or laugh at others without feeling ashamed or looking over their shoulder to see if they're being looked at it's not a way of living we shouldn't have to live that way but uh, he 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 told me when I told him I said you know it wouldn't be accepted well or it wouldn't it wouldn't do well today I said and he said he 
he kind of believed the opposite. He thinks it would do fairly well and it's needed for people today. And I'll have to agree with that in a sense that it's kind of needed because people need to learn how to laugh. The question is, how many people would do just that, you know, like they did back in the day then when it came out late 70s, early 80s. I think it was late 70s is when it was. Mel Brooks made the movie and um, he made a lot of you know, great comedies back in the time. So I'm going to play this clip for you. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, great guy. Look for him on Instagram as well. He's also on Twitter uh, at his name, Patrick Laberto. Uh, and just in case you're wondering, because the last name definitely is uh, spelled quite differently when it pronounces, but L-A-B-Y-O-R-T-E-A-U-X, Laberto. I had no idea how to say it when I first talked to him. I felt so bad. I, I was like, is it Laborto, Laborto, uh, Laborto? And he said, option D, Laberto. So, really good guy though to correct me there and not give me such a hard time. I did appreciate that because I felt bad for not knowing it right off the bat. But once again, here we go with the clip. I hope you guys enjoy this. This is him talking about his uncredited scenes in Blazing Saddles. Um, there was, I believe, an uncredited scene in Blazing Saddles, I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do in Blazing? That is awesome. What did you do in Blazing Saddles? It, it, I mean, it, was, it was totally awesome. It was great to work on. I was there for about a month and a half at Warner's, in, in, you know, on Western Street where they did all this stuff for Rockridge. I was a kid at Rockridge, and I had about three scenes that were really, I thought, funny. Um, and they were funny. However, it's it's Blazing Saddles, so they're yes. cutting everything they can to keep all of the you know the classic stuff that you know that's in the movie. Um, and uh, I worked on it, and there was a scene where I I, I I volunteered to be sheriff in the church, and <laughs> the town decides to elect me sheriff until my mom says that I have to you know I, I've got to come home because he's too young to be sheriff. Uh, there's a scene where uh, the the sheriff. Uh, Cleavon Little is going down the street and he's, you know, he's having that very hard, horrible first day. Everyone's calling him names and he comes across a bunch of kids beating me up and he says, you know, he shoes them away and he goes, what's going on here? And I say, well, we're just playing. And he goes, well, what kind of game are you playing? And I say, we're playing Welcome the New Sheriff, which is kind of fun. <laughs> and then another scene when the when the, the guys come in to rough everybody up in Rock Ridge, they they come up to me and they take my pet snake, which I had. And they tie it in a knot and hand it back to me. And I say, pal, what have they done to you? And so it was like these. they had these three scenes. And then I was there throughout the whole shoot for Rock Ridge whenever the town was there. And, you know, just like in any other type of movie, you get cut out. But, you know, with Blazing Saddles, what I always hope they would do is, because it is such a classic movie, to release, you know, a DVD or, a, you know, or, or um, you know, a version of it where they have all of the deleted scenes, and which would include mine. So because yeah, I've never seen it. Cool. Yeah, yes. that'd be fun. And, and and people do love that to go back and see a movie you watch with the, the deleted scenes edited back into it, and you realize yeah, why absolutely. did you do that to begin with? You know, that right. I mean, great but again, thing. I mean, when you've got a movie like Blazing Saddles, there's so much going on, and so many great comedians. You know, it's like, of course, you know, a couple of jokes with a little kid while they're funny isn't you know it's not it's not gene wilder right now that that the movie was hilarious growing up the, the humor doesn't really translate today i'm afraid 
too much. Uh, but oh, was, I think, it, I think it, was... it translates perfectly. I just think <laughs> not well, to laugh at it. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's what I mean. That's a, I'm, I'm, I'm wording it incorrectly. You're right. It's nobody wants to laugh at it. Right. But if they're watching it at home alone, they're in tears. Well, I think one of the things about comedy in in general is anything can be made fun of anything as long as you're coming at it from the right from from a from a point of view where you're not you're not taking there there's always a way to make something funny I think yes yeah and and there's nothing wrong with that I mean humor makes the world go round in my opinion oh I mean, my gosh it, it makes humor you need humor I think humor sometimes can bring people together over issues that are very divisive. And yes. you know, when people can find the funny in it, when they can realize, you know, maybe we've gone too far here on, you know, whatever side of the coin you're on, uh, you can laugh at it. If you can laugh at yourself, then there's hope. That's the biggest thing right there. I mean, that's the best way to 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 break yourself into a group of people and be kind of accepted in a sense, you know, when you're new, or, you know, just the new guy, should we go talk to him or something, you know, but the new guy ends up being funny and they all like him, you know, they want to be around him more often or something. Uh, when you're mad, I mean, you can be mad at your best friend or something, right? But then one, but then one of you quote that movie line that you both know, and it just yeah, exactly a point, a point of communication where it's a you know it's a point that you guys both agree on, right? And that was Patrick Laberto talking about his time on Blazing Saddles. Unfortunately, it didn't quite make the cut of the movie. It's on the cutting room floor, but maybe one day they will re-release a full version of the movie where they put everything back in that they took out for the fans of the show, at least, you know, I would watch it. I, I love the movie. It's hilarious. Uh, if you have not seen any of his work, I highly encourage you to look him up. I mean, you can't go wrong with little house on the prairie. It was a great family show during its time frame. still stands as a great family show today. A lot of good stories, a lot of good morals to it. Just overall great show. The movies he did that I've seen, Summer School and Ski School, very, very funny things. It's like a police academy type humor, in my opinion. Very funny stuff, though. And Three Ninjas, uh, I'm sure a majority of people have probably seen Three Ninjas. The little boys who um, who are made ninjas by their grandfather or something along those lines. He's one of the three goofy guys trying to kidnap them for leverage on the grandfather. So, uh very funny itself on its own i uh want to move on to a little different thing here occasionally we have a moment on the show where things just get away from us it feels like and i'm not talking about going off topic when we talk about certain subjects like we'll talk about this next upcoming bit i'm talking we were doing a show called the decade of schwarzenegger the 1980s so we were covering everything of arnold schwarzenegger he'd done from conan clear up to um, oh gosh, I forget his last 80s movie, if it was Twins or Kindergarten Cops, somewhere around in there. But we got off topic, of course, and we were talking about diff other different action stars. Travis Rollins, uh, my original co-host, uh, was talking, and Travis was notorious for just forgetting people's last names or getting them confused. And in this particular episode, he decided he was going to have himself a little peach drink while he was uh, doing the show. I'm pretty sure that Pete's drink had a little extra drink in it <laughs> because he could not get this one name straight. And um, to me, it still stands out today as one of the funniest moments I had with him because the person whose name he got messed up is somebody I really would like to have on the show. 
And uh, so I gave him grief and was like, you know, whatever, get him on the show now. That's great. That's just great. But anyway, this is going to be quick. It's not that long. Go ahead and take a quick listen to it, and we'll move on from there. Here we go. We could name off so many others, you know what I mean? Right. That were great action stars, too, you know? Right. Uh, Chuck, for sure, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Bruce Lee, Dagum, which would you consider him martial arts or action? You know what I mean? I, I mean, martial arts. Bruce Lee's got to be martial arts. But, I mean. you know, you got Dolph Lundgren and uh, Michael Dukakis. And, you know, just Michael Dukakis. Did I say that wrong again? Michael Dukakis? Wait a minute. That was a dude off of Days of Our Lives, wasn't it? No, Michael Dukakis was a politician, I believe. Oh, he was, wasn't he? Michael Dudikoff? Michael Dudikoff. Dudikoff. You get no more peach drinks from this point forward. You can't even get the names. Right. <laughs> but I didn't want to. We can't be. Uh, we can't oh be God. like giving free. Oh, we'll never. Look, if you know, you know. Look, we'll never get Michael Dudikoff on the show now. Oh uh, heck yeah, he's coming on, man, because I'm a part of. I'll reach out to him. <laughs> I'll reach out to him. Here go. I'm sorry. I, I Michael think you're looking, I think you're looking for Michael Dukakis. He's a. Yeah, he was like in Michael Duk- Russia. Michael, du- <laughs> Michael Dukakis is down the road, okay? That's who you're looking for. I'm Dudikoff. I'm an American ninja, okay? I'm an avenging okay. force. But, you know, hey, he's going to forgive me. That's what's going to happen. He's going to have to because if he don't, I'm going to drive to South Carolina and put a smack down. Okay, never a dull moment with Travis there. And he's been back a few times since uh, – he stopped co-hosting he's had some uh, real life deals with work that's changed his schedule and he can't really be there when we're doing our shows now but he has been back for i want to say one or two he's got one maybe two for sure upcoming he's going to return for as well some things we tried to get while he was here with us i don't want to say anything right now and uh jinx things and maybe make it where we don't get it so uh but we'll let you know for sure just before it gets here, if we were able to land it and get it going. It can be fun stuff if we're able to do it, though. I promise you that. Definitely some fun stuff. So, you know, losing Travis made it a little bit tougher to move things forward. I don't do solo shows that often. I find myself better off bouncing ideas off of people on the show with me and having someone to refer to and talk with. I think it's where I'm at my best. But I did find some people to step in and take the place of Travis while he was gone. Uh, Very lucky to have found them. Uh, Tim from 80s Flicks Flashback has stepped in many times for me and co-hosted. Tommy Kovac has been on once. I've had a young lady from Two Chicks Talking Flicks. She's been on twice, and I am totally unprepared with names. She's going to kill me if she hears this. Uh... But the two chicks talking flicks, 80s, uh, 80s flicks, flashbacks, both for you a chance to check them out. Very good podcast for what they do. Uh, Cody Tucker has also stepped in and co-hosted a few with me. And we've had some good times with that. The next clip I want to share with you is something from where Tim from 80s flicks, flashback came on. And we were doing around the Halloween episode time. I've always been a Nightmare on Elm Street fan. So this is going to be where we took Nightmare on Elm Street parts 1 and 3. We skipped 2 because 2 didn't seem to have anything to do with what we were talking about. But 1 and 3 both has a character of Nancy in it. 
and we put these two together. We just basically, you know, labeled it Nightmare on Elm Street, Nancy's story. So it breaks things down from her beginning to end and makes it to where we can bring in not just, you know, one episode of Nightmare on Elm Street, but two, because Elm Street 3 is one of my favorites that they did. Probably the favorite Elm Street. It's kind of hard for me to say. It's, it's a toss-up. I love the first one, the original. The original was so great. But 3 was so much more fun as well with the group. And 3 expanded on Nancy as she has progressed in adulthood and gone on to her her career of choice, which is dealing with sleep studies and everything since she had that issue when she was younger. Uh, so I did like that a lot. But we were talking about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street itself, the first one going over it, and a part come up about Amanda Wiss. Um, both of us have been mispronouncing her last name, apparently. Diane Franklin had let him know her last name was actually Wiss. We were both saying Weiss. Uh, this is an interview he had with her on his show several months back before this one. And we were talking about... Uh, Kids trick-or-treating, I think it was, coming to her house. So I'm going to go ahead and bring this clip in let you listen to it. Um, this, once again, is not too long of a clip like the other one. It's kind of quick, and then we're going to move on to something a little bit better. But take a listen to this here. Here we go. So, uh, so of course, we, we covered this last October. And so, first of all, I'll say I had called her Amanda Weiss on our episode, and then when I did my interview with uh, Diane Franklin, who was with her in better off dead. She mm-hmm. mentioned her name was Amanda Wist. I was like, Oh, I got to remember that, that I said her name, her name wrong. So, uh, but I'm going to think it's hilarious for y'all to know. All right. Full, right. full disclosure. I was saying Amanda Weiss the whole time that he corrected me earlier. <laughs> Cause I'm yeah. so glad he did. Yeah. Hey, we help each other out. That's what we do. Um, so I've been, you know, of course I'm promoting different episodes this month. And of course it's all Halloween. So, I've done a thing like a do you know on my social media where I'll take a piece of trivia, something that either we covered on the podcast or something we didn't get to, and I'll make a little picture. And so one of the stories was that uh, after the movie came out, the, the the following Halloween, Amanda had mentioned that she was at home with trick-or-treaters, and she noticed a bunch of kids were coming dressed as Freddie. And so eventually she told one of the kids, hey, you know, I was in that movie. I played Tina, and the kid didn't believe her. And I thought that was a really cool little story. And so I had posted, I was like, wait, I think I'm following her on Twitter. I was like, I'll just send her a message on Twitter. Say, Hey, Amanda, can you confirm? Is this fact or fiction? And she responded within 30 minutes said, it's all true. So that just happened like today, like a few hours ago. So really cool that she reached out and, and confirmed that that was a real story. Cause I was like, you know, you read stuff on the internet. It's like, eh, is somebody just throwing stuff on IMDB or Wikipedia just to be funny or was that right. a real legit story? So she did confirm that uh, a kid that trick or treated in 1985 <laughs> <laughs> did not believe that she was in the movie. Of course, he was probably too young to see the movie. He had just, you know, liked the Freddy costume, probably. Probably, and 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 you know what? I mean, I highly doubt she's listening to this show. But if she is, thank you so much for responding yes. like that. You have no idea how cool it is for somebody who has been in a movie, a TV show, a musician, whatever, to take the time to respond to you, even in a simple way. Yeah. A yes, no, absolutely true, whatever. Uh-huh. If they give you a long drawn out paragraph of their time and, you know, then thank you for messaging or whatever. Great on them. But at least responding, that is awesome. 
Awesome. Yep. I wish, wish, I wish a lot of them, a lot more of them were like that. Although I do understand the want for privacy and everything oh, too, yeah. so I, oh, yeah. I don't condemn them for it in any way. Mm-hmm. But uh, yo, know, that's great of her that she did do something like that. I'm just picturing the little kids dressed as Freddy coming to the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little, little fake claw on the hand. Right, exactly. Look, I I remember when those that was like the toy to have, man, back in in yeah. the mid '80s. And of course, my parents would not let us have that. But you know, there was always one of one of the kids in the street, one of the kids at school that had it and snuck it into school or snuck it behind somebody's house where you kind of played with it or whatever. And of course, it was cheap plastic. It wasn't going to hurt anybody, but it was just the idea of it. I think you had to, that might've been back when you could only get that at like Spencer gifts, you know, in the mall, which, you know, yeah. was, you know, it was all, you know, your parents were like, we'll go, you can go in there, but we have to go in with you because there are certain parts of that store. You cannot, the further back you go, the darker it gets and the darker, yes. the, uh, or the, the more adult, the, uh, the mm-hmm. merchandise becomes. Yes. Yes. Of course, the employees working there don't care if you go to the back. No. <laughs> don't let mom and dad catch you going back here. Though. Right, exactly. They'll be laughing about what they seen later, but they'll be whipping you for looking at it. <laughs> I learned a lot in that store that I probably shouldn't have learned at the age I learned in. But anyway. I think we, I think we all did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, how about that? Spencer's. Spencer's gift store in the mall. Every mall practically has a Spencer's gift store. And if you ever have a chance to go in there, make sure you visit. Like A lot of great t-shirts. And nowadays, they got a little collectible things in there, too. But forewarning, the further back you go in the store, the darker the humor gets, the more adult things get as well. So don't be surprised if you run into something that embarrasses you that you wouldn't think you would have seen. As a young, well, as a teenager, I mean, of course, we just giggled and laughed about it. But, I mean, it, it is what it is. <clears throat> uh, bought a lot of great t-shirts there over the years, though, and I've always been a big, big t-shirt guy, so... Anyway, that was great. You know, Tim has been a big help for me on this podcast many times uh, since Travis has been gone. Uh, anytime he's available to pop in and do a show, he steps in. He's got his own show he does. He appears in other people's shows as well. I don't know where he finds the time. I wish I could. Uh, I love podcasting. I would definitely do other shows. I'm thinking about starting an actual second podcast as well. You know, I, I, I seem like I can't get enough of it sometimes. But that's another story for another day. I want to go into another interview here that we did recently. Uh, actually, it was it was just me in this one, but it was with Keith Coogan. Now, Keith Coogan has been in such shows as Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, Adventures in Babysitting, Toy Soldiers, Fox and the Hound. He was the voice of one of the characters in Fox and the Hound. He's been in many other uh, movies as well. A lot of TV shows. He was in an episode of Little House on the Prairie that I remember. He was in an episode of Knight Rider that I remembered. Uh, a lot of other TV show appearances to go along with the movies to boot and commercials too, I'm sure. Most of them at a young age, child actors did commercials, you know, to get through and everything and get noticed. Uh, I was asking him about Adventures in Babysitting because that's probably my favorite movie that he did. And if he had any good stories or memories about the movie he can share with us. And this is what he gave to us. Check this out. My God. Uh, the, <laughs> you know, it was, uh, took a, bit, a good part of three months, um, two, two weeks of rehearsals in Toronto uh, while they're building sets and uh, kind of getting the production design together. We're rehearsing and kind of rehashing the script, um, doing a lot of like improv, um, 
and then uh, shot two months in Toronto. A lot of the outdoor stuff, a lot of the set pieces where they kind of built sets uh, in a warehouse, um, and then moved to Chicago for two weeks to kind of establish it as being in Chicago, uh, right. and then back to Los Angeles for a week of special effects, recreating scenes from that we shot in Toronto and in Chicago, and um, shooting little insert bits that we needed to kind of finish up the movie. And uh, from beginning to end, this was, it was always my dream. I'd been auditioning for films for, uh, from The Shining to E.T. and Goonies and Gremlins and Stand By Me and just Lucas and uh, uh, Christmas Story and uh, was, had not gotten uh, cast in any films. And um, so Adventures of Babysitting was amazing first break. Chris Columbus, it was his directorial debut. Obviously, he went on to amazing things. And he really is that perfect blend between Spielberg and John Hughes. He fought for me uh, to be cast as Brad. And um, I frankly, I just had a huge crush on Elizabeth Shue the entire shoot. The whole thing was what it was. We were driving around Chicago, you know, the streets, uh, hanging from buildings and climbing the rafters and uh, uh, riding the, you know, the loop, the L train around Chicago. Um, it was, uh, had all of the support from Touchstone from Disney. So all the trucks and cranes and lights and, and kind of tricks you could possibly had a great stunt team and effects teams. You know, most of it was done practically. Um, yeah. so it was, uh, I like to call rolling thunder when you get to set and you just see several five ton trucks, grip and electric and camera truck and hair and makeup and wardrobe and, craft service and the lunch spread and the it uh takes a lot to you know run around chicago uh but the it's so f fun it's so uh, real i think the cast really did get along and we liked working with each other and we were constantly under the pressure from chris columbus to make it believable he goes it's outrageous situations you're in but try to react realistically and not go right. over the top. He would just cut and go OTT. That was over the top. Like bring it back down, ground it. Um, we had fun every day, every single day. Um, so nothing really sticks out. I mean, from day one, we almost knocked a camera off of Pruitt's uh, tow truck, Dawson's uh, Dawson the Dawson Garage truck. And then a camera mounted right. outside the truck, and that thing almost fell off. That would it was a Panavision Platinum, so it was worth about two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So we almost went two hundred fifty thousand dollars over budget on day one. <laughs> safe. everything was fine um it's just it's it's a lot of moving parts you know 80 crew members or something so uh it, it, it definitely it, looked like a fun movie to make i mean just watching the movie I, i've seen it so many times and it just looks like it's so fun to be a part of what was going on and yeah. that y'all were genuinely enjoying yourselves it looked like like there yeah. wasn't you know we all know you're acting but i mean it, it looked like you genuinely enjoyed every minute of what was going on while the movie was happening um, it, it was as much of an adventure as the, as the title would suggest. Like filming the movie was an adventure for sure. And, and just so you know, you don't get out of here without singing the blues. Just just making it known. Nobody so, leaves this place without singing the blues. Nobody leaves this place without singing the blues. <laughs> and that was Keith Coogan, everybody. I would love to go back and have him back on the show again and just bring up, you know, at least two other movies to get his input from that he was in to get some stories from them. Cause I'm a big fan of the toy soldiers movie. He did, uh, had Lou Gossett jr. Uh, himself, uh, Will Wheaton and, um, 
Sean Astin uh, played the, the the lead role, actually, of the boys in the it's uh, about a group of boys in a all boys school where they send like the worst of the worst, I guess you could say, the ones that keep getting kicked out of schools, and it gets taken over by terrorists. Uh, to take some of the kids hostage to use his leverage to get a terrorist father out of prison. So it was a, a fun movie to watch. But that and Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. I could, you know, really go for some good stories from both of those. Um, one quick honorable mention here. And then I'm going to go to the last bit of interview that I had. Uh, or that I chose from this past season. And it's from the thanksgiving week episode and it's just talking about uh, my favorite uh thanksgiving movie basically actually it's not even talking about the movie it's a, it's a small clip from the movie it's, it's my favorite part of the movie itself in general the movie is planes trains and automobiles and if you would just indulge me here and take a quick listen to this it's about a two minute long clip i think here, here we go Pillows. Those aren't pillows. See that Bears game last week? Yeah, hell of a game. Hell of a game. Bears got a great team this year. They're going to go all the way. I practically laugh at that every single time I see it on television or I just hear somebody quote that. It's the most memorable part of the movie for me, the funniest part of the movie, and it's got quite a few funny bits. If you've never seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, make it a point to watch it at some point this year, especially around Thanksgiving. It's one of the only movies I can think of that is Thanksgiving-directed, you might say. Plenty of Christmas movies, no Thanksgiving movies, hardly anyway. Anyway, thanks for indulging me on that. That's just a funny thing for me I love to hear. And it was uh, definitely a highlight for me this year to do that movie as uh, an episode to discuss it and break it down and everything. Steve Martin, John Candy, two greats. John Candy, Shirley Mist, two great characters in the movies. And love it. Just love it. So what we're going to do for the end of the show here, I'm going to play you one more interview clip. This is from earlier in the year when Travis was still with me, and we had Catherine Mary Stewart come on. Catherine Mary Stewart was probably uh, one of the easiest people in the world to talk to, I would say. And I've had quite a few that are easy to talk to, but I mean, she's so down to earth. 
easy to talk with. She's been in a ton of stuff and still puts in work today like it's going out of style. I mean, so many movies. She's she's kind of transitioned a bit more from big screen, I think, to the small screen like with Lifetime or Hallmark, one of the two. To me, they're both kind of the same you know, feel, but uh, I believe she's in one of those two making a lot of movies with those, and one just came out recent as well. Um, the clip I'm going to play for you is about The Last Starfighter, which is one of my favorite 80s movies. For those of you who follow the show, you know when it comes to uh, me in the 80s, I've got this thing about The Goonies, The Last Starfighter, Big Trouble in Little China, The Last Dragon. You know, there's a few things that just click with me that I really like. And she talked about that with us for a few minutes. So sit back, take a listen to this, and then we'll go ahead and close things up afterwards. That, that is awesome, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. Wanna, getting back to um, The Last Starfighter, I don't want to breathe too much on The Last Starfighter because I know everybody asks about it. But at the same time, um, do you got one of your, like maybe your favorite scene or, or a funny story? Mm-hmm. And um, would you ever consider doing a sequel to it possibly many, this many years later? Oh, um, yeah. The Last Starfighter in general is just such a great experience. Lance Guest, who plays Alex, is still my really good friend. He lives in, I live in New York. He lives in Los Angeles. And um, whenever I'm out there, we get together. He always, we joke about how he feeds me because I usually end up going out there (laughs) um, and, you know, just living a very basic lifestyle. I'm just there to touch just for whatever reason for business. So I'm not like, and trying to keep the, you know, spending to the minimum and all that. So he and his wife will invite me over and feed me this amazing meal with great wine. I'm like, thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> when he's That's in awesome. uh, New York, we also get together a lot too. Um, yeah, so we've stayed really, really good friends, uh, which, you know, I mean, I feel like with The Last Starfighter, it was such a wonderful little movie to work on and i think you get that sense when you watch it you can sort of feel that it was such a great vibe in general you know yeah um uh nick castle the director it was i mean it was really like this labor of love and he was such a great young person's director you know he was very very sweet and empathetic and just gentle with us and mm-hmm. um um one of my favorite scenes is is like when we're at the lake and it's it's the beta unit and he's mm-hmm. trying to whisper sweet nothings in my <laughs> ear and it's, it's really going badly. <laughs> right, right. And then he gets shot by the Xandozan, is that uh-huh. what they're called? And um the the squirt this thing squirts out, you know, the green <laughs> stuff, which it was so funny. I mean it was that was so much fun to shoot. But the, the thing about that whole sequence is it just kind of encompasses everything from like romance to like comedy Mm -hmm. to like action, like running to the truck and leaping in and driving like crazy. And then then I get to leap out of the car dramatically, which it wasn't me. It was a stunt person. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, he drives into the, the pod, whatever it is, and it explodes in the background while I'm looking up into the sky. <laughs> you know, I love you, Alex. I love you. And the wind is blowing through my hair. I'm so I, good. 
I love that entire sequence. It's see, awesome. see that 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 is hilarious because that's when I when I think of the last Starfighter, I think of maybe two scenes come to mind to begin with. One is that one right there, uh-huh. that whole sequence right there, and two mm-hmm. is when he's when his little brother wakes up and sees that the beta unit has his head off. And he, <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's cleaning the ear. Yeah, he's like, that is, go to bed, go to yeah, go to bed. I'm telling mom about your Playboys. That, that yeah, is yeah, a, yeah, that is a thing too. That it's something that you said with it being a labor of love, it really shows because um, when I told my stepson, I've got a 20 year old stepson, and I, oh. when I told him that. I taught him I was having Catherine Mary Stewart on. He's like, who is that? I'm like, dude, this is a big deal. And I was like, she was, she's a uh, Kayla from days of our lives and, and this and that. And he's like, that sounds cool. I said, dude, it's Maggie from the last starfighter. And he goes, what? <laughs> so, Aww, and he's only 20, 22, you know, and I feel like um, cool. my eight year old hasn't seen it yet, but my eight year old could watch it right now. And, and For so, sure. you know, it just generation after generation can be able to watch your, that, that movie. And, and I feel like, um, uh, the night of the comet both are they're they're such a niche and such wonderful productions that for generations to come everyone will still be loving them and, and yeah. having a good time watching so. because well, there's something in it for, for everybody basically there's something for everybody yeah. in it absolutely absolutely and and so. i think what's great about both of those movies is they're they were both really small movies especially the comet but um but it's like they, they're characters that you can relate to on some level. I mean, mm-hmm. Alex is just a regular kid Absolutely. going through this pivotal time in his life. And he he ends up living this fantastical life that we fantasize about, you right. know? And, right. and so it makes it available to especially kids of that age and, and um they they really feel like that's it could be possible and you know Maggie is the girlfriend but she ends up going with him and and right. that's exciting too yeah. and in Night of the Comet it's like yeah these young girls in an apocalypse <laughs> can take care of themselves <laughs> absolutely and they're just why not regular young kids who are leaving leading this life that so many young people can relate to mm-hmm. so I think that's kind of like the key you know it, it's it's not some futuristic uh thing with these people that uh, you know are inaccessible sort of i mean you know what i mean like superheroes so hey right. wow it's great to watch superheroes but i don't see me in that necessarily you right. know what i'm saying yeah. it's not as available somehow mm-hmm. so um, just a just a quick follow-up question before we go to night of the comet then uh i i heard someone throw this out there as an idea they were mm-hmm. talking about taking the last starfighter as uh travis mentioned earlier doing a sequel to it but doing it as so many years later we're like uh yourself and alex at this point in time in your lives now you probably have kids or something you're still living on right you practically have grandkids you know i mean <laughs> you know i'm just saying that that's what they're saying you, you get your own family there on rylos and what's happening and now things are coming back around again mm-hmm. and now they're having to start up and they're having to protect themselves again I, do you? Th- I mean, in your opinion, would something like that work, or should we say because the last Starfighter is great just as it is? Mm-hmm. Should we say, "Hey, look, just leave it as it is. Don't let anybody remake it, or Chris will kill them." Yeah. I mean, do, do we do anything <laughs> like that, or should should they make a part two follow up to it years down the road? Well, you know, sequels are so tricky, um, and and so often, I think more often than not, they don't really work mm-hmm. because they lose something of the original. The the mm-hmm. sort of the, especially in the case of The Last Starfighter, 
there's it's very it's a very simple movie and it's what that's what makes it what it is it makes that's it so great it makes it so great the, the story was good the way they told the story out of the movie mm-hmm. and the way it ended seemed like it was a perfect way to end it because mm-hmm. now he's getting out of the small town place he wanted to be from away from mm-hmm. uh he's getting you know maggie to go with him they're going mm-hmm. off together somewhere mm-hmm. and who knows where they're going yeah but they're together and they've left this small area everything's coming true for them Right, so right, 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 right. It's kind of the perfect ending, but it, you know, you look at it and you think, "Oh, what's going to happen next?" Right? right. You do. You, they leave it kind of open for a sequel. So the fact is, the original writer Jonathan Bettel has written a sequel, mm-hmm. and um, is out kind of selling it right now. Really? Um, yeah, and that's cool. That moving awesome. it around, I know. And what's what? makes me feel like it will stay true to the original kind of feel of the movie is that um, it is the original writer. And I know Nick Castle, the director is involved on some level. I'm not exactly sure how. And from what- Oh, this is exciting. That's exciting. From (laughs) what we know, you know, obviously the special effects would be a little more sophisticated. But from what we know, it is like, it, it is like what you're talking about. It, it's kind of the continuation somehow, but it, it's it's an unexpected. It's very unexpected. I, I love the idea. I'm not going to give anything away, but I love right. the approach to it because it approaches it in a in a, a very sweet, charming way, and and um, and then it kind of evolves into this adventure the way okay. the, the way and that's the kind of the way that yeah that's the way the original was or the, the charm right. and the simplicity and uh, exactly. you know that's something that we've gotten away from you know i i watch movies from the 90s or from the 80s and this you know the 90s as well some of the early ones and it's there's this quality about you know the early 90s and the 80s and the 70s that we've just we don't have anymore and you can mm. take a movie that has just such a simple storyline a simple plot and mm not a whole lot of character development and it's just as good as a four hour movie they make today that you know has all of those things that's overdone that's yeah innocence and sweetness about it i think yeah i think character development is a huge uh issue you know a huge Mm -hmm. point it's like you really a lot of the movies now really depend on kind of the action and the special effects and the Mm -hmm. cgi and all that is that just sort of blasting the audience and I've always been somebody who much prefers kind of a character-driven story because right. you you get into their lives and you you're, you become a part of it as opposed to just being blown away all the time. Right, right. Yeah, I need to know um, why I care about this character. Like, why I need to be invested it, in it. It makes exactly. it more like it makes it more like reading a book in a sense because you get when you read a book about something you get really taken into the world of what exactly. this is about. Then you see it on the big screen sometimes it doesn't really translate the same. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it doesn't translate and it doesn't leave anything to the. I mean, you have to have faith in the power of the imagination of the audience. You know, I feel like it's it's also become more of a a money making industry. It's always been you know of course they want to make money, but now mm-hmm. it's like. All, all the movies you see are are sequels or something or continuations of blockbuster movies. This movie made a billion dollars, so let's do a bunch more of those, you know? Right. As opposed to coming up with original 
um, interesting character-driven stories that entertain a, a, an audience or give an audience a chance to think mm -hmm. or become involved or, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I mean. I think a good example of going too far would be like some of the horror movies of the 80s when yeah. you've seen like the Elm Street mm -hmm. movies go to like eight, nine or whatever in yeah. uh, Friday the 13th, oh. 10, oh Jason's in space. I watched some of those recently because a friend of mine, this, he's really into all that stuff. So, and I, I've, I've never really been into horror movies that much because mm -hmm. they really scare me. <laughs> I don't want to be scared. I'm always like, okay, what's going to happen now? Huh? <laughs> and I just right. want to relax and enjoy myself. I like romance and I like to laugh and i or comedies and i have to cry i don't want to be scared but no, no. um it is funny to watch i have to say i pretty much all the time i like the first one the best yeah because absolutely. it's and then it gets you know they try to it's the like the friday the 13th movies they try to like I don't know. They try to make it more interesting, or I don't know what they tried to do. But anyway, I, I never figured it out. Um, yeah, and I'm not gonna lie. I did like the sixth one. I'm here. I'm, I'm complaining. It went too far, but I like the sixth <laughs> one. So. Yeah, but, you know, I but, was writing down which ones I like the best. I forget now, but it was like one I liked because it was just sweet and You could tell that it was a new idea. Mm -hmm. And then there was like four or five or six or something like that. But then it started getting a little. Crazy. I mean, I yeah. Heck yeah. Well, speaking of comedy too, though, Chris was telling me. All right, that was Catherine Mary Stewart talking about the last Starfighter. I hope to get her back on this year. I want to do a weekend at Bernie's centric episode only and talk to her about that. And if I can ask her if she could in any way um, get Lance Guest in touch with me about doing a Last Starfighter episode. That would probably just make my year. Um, hopefully to reach out for that soon and get that set up for February or March if she's able and willing to come back on. We will see how that goes. That's about all I've got for us for this episode. Um, I put this together kind of at the last minute, to be honest with you. This was not really planned. I've gone several weeks without an episode because of the holidays, Christmas, and New Year's, and I've just been missing doing it. I wanted to get something out there, so I thought, why not a year compilation video of some of my favorite moments, and I just ran with it. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, if you're not familiar with some of the previous episodes because you just started listening to, uh, listening to me recently, uh, by all means, please go back and look at the archives. Uh, listen to them there. You can find me on iTunes, you can find me on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, I'm hosted on Anchor.fm if you want to go find it there as well. Now, on Anchor.fm, if you guys really want to help out and support, there's an, there's an actual option where you can support the podcast. Anybody that does, it's appreciated. If you don't, it's not required. I would appreciate it, though, if you would share me and maybe give me a review and a rating though if you can on itunes you have the option to give a five-star rating as well as uh, a short review it can be one line one word two sentences whatever you want it to be and it helps me tremendously in the algorithms for the ratings and everything so if you get a chance to do that i would appreciate that above all else and everything that would be great thank you for listening to the show today 
Thank you for being a follower of the show and encouraging us every week. We've been growing so much here. I'm having so much fun with it, and I hope you are too. We'll see you guys next week. If everything works out next week, I've got a guest coming on who's been in some movies, and it should be a treat for all of us. Thanks for listening today, and have a great one. Happy New Year.